This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. If you would please turn with me to uh, the book of Romans chapter 5. There's something special about the gifting and the anointing to deliver the Word of God, the calling to preach the Word of God. And there's most days that um, it's this weird little battle in my mind where I love what I'm called to do, but my flesh side says, you can't do this, so why are you doing this? So I always love opportunities like last Sunday when uh, friends of mine can come in and minister. I so appreciate Brother Maury coming in. Um, But I missed standing in this pulpit delivering the word. I'll just be honest. So we're going to, that clock has moved, and I just looked at it for the first time right there. It's 11.18. By about 1.30, I should be done. Is that okay with y'all? I got to get two weeks. Whoa, now? No. I'm just kidding. You know my attention span's not that long. I do want to introduce a thought process that you see on the screen. Oh, you did. When life gives you lemons, over the next four weeks, I want us to walk through a journey of what life looks like when we get dealt lemons. It's not an option. It's not a, a, a if. It's not a You know, hey, maybe it's when you get handed a lemon in life, how do you respond? How do you respond? And so I want to look at four different uh, major themes over the next four weeks of what we do when life gives us lemons. We're going to base it on scripture. We're going to look at the word of God. And we're going to try to walk through this and apply it to life. So Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, says, Therefore, since we've been made right in Christ and God's sight by faith, Since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, first of all, we as Christians have been made right in God's sight because of our faith. You got it up to that point? We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And it's because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Because of your faith, you've been made right with Christ, and because of what Jesus, you've been made right with God, because of what Jesus Christ did, you've been brought into a place where we can now stand, hopefully, confidently, and joyfully, of the fact that one day we get to share in God's glory, we get to spend eternity with Him, right? If it ended there, it would be great, because that's this joyful thought process. By faith, we've been made right with God because of Jesus Christ. We get to share in God's glory. We get to spend eternity with Him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to heaven. Everything's going to be great to that day. But then verse 3 comes. Paul said we can rejoice too 
when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We get excited, we can rejoice because we've been made right with God and we get the glorious salvation, we get to share in God's glory and then he flips it around and he says, and you get to rejoice when troubles and trials come your way. Because the troubles and trials develop endurance. I'd like to change that word out for perseverance. And endurance and perseverance create character. And character strengthens our hope of salvation. So it's a big full circle. You with me? Our excitement is, our hope is, we've been made right with God by faith. Jesus Christ has died for us so that you and I now get to share in the glorious hope of the Lord. We get to have our hope of salvation. Trials are going to come. They're going to mess us up. And on this big circle, if you could follow it, we're happy. There's trials. There's struggle. But the trials and the struggles strengthen our endurance, our perseverance. But our perseverance lead to character, which in turn strengthen us back to the top where we're excited about salvation. You with me? It's a circle. In order for that circle to be complete, we have to go through some junk. Because it would be easy for us to get saved today. Maybe you got saved yesterday. I don't know. I might have got saved this morning. I'm just kidding. It'd be easy for us to go to that place where we get saved and life is good. Hallelujah to the Lamb. It's over. I'm going to heaven. I got a roller coaster ride. It's all uphill from here. We're going to take a ride down. It'd be easy. But if we never went through anything, we would never grow beyond the point that we're at today. Life change takes place. I'm saved. I've got the glorious hope that I'm going to be with the Lord. But if I don't go through some junk, if I don't go through something, then I don't grow from the place I am today. So Paul's talking to this church and he says, hey, You've been made right with Christ, or you've been made right with the Lord by your faith because of Christ Jesus has done this awesome thing for you. You now get to share in the glory of God. But there's going to come some junk in your life, and when it comes, understand there's a purpose, there's a process. So the idea is when life gives you lemons. Albert Hubbard made a statement that Dale Carnegie made popular. Y'all know Dale Carnegie? You ever heard that name? I, re- I, I didn't read because I struggled to read. I listened to the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you don't like me, obviously the book didn't work. <laughs> Number one, one of, the, one of the rules is you smile. The other one is you call people by their name. Be happy. Anyway, the famous quote, though, by Albert Hubert said, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And Dale Carnegie made it popular, and he pushed it in that concept of when you got a problem, when life gives you lemons, when somebody's sour, you somehow have to twist it and make lemonade out of the situation. 
In the Lord of the Rings, I thought this quote was interesting. I can't tell you that I've seen it, but I've, this quote was great. The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Frodo makes a statement that you and I have made so many times. He said, I wish this had never happened. You ever said that? If not, you've not been through something. He said, I wish this had never happened. And then there's the voice of wisdom where Gandalf said, yeah, don't everybody else. Specifically, he says, so do all who live to see such times, but that's not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that's given to us. I don't like voices of reason like that. But there's truth in that statement. Because there's Frodo, he says, I don't, I don't like this. I wish this had never happened. Well, yes, yeah, so does everybody else. But you don't really get a choice. You don't really get to decide. Life happens. The only question you get to decide, the only thing you get to, to figure out at this point is not what, whether it happens or not, but what you do with the situation. What are you going to do with the time that's been given and the problem that now sits in front of you? Micah started watching the show This Is Us when it first came on. It was way over my head because there was way too much switching and changing. I couldn't keep up. If you've ever watched it, you know what I'm talking about. But in the very first episode, an old man sitting talking to a younger guy. And he says, maybe one day you'll get to sit around and you'll be talking a younger man's ears off explaining how you took the sourest lemon that life has to offer and turned it into something resembling lemonade. My goal for the next four weeks is to take us on a journey through Scripture and looking at what we can do. Life's going to give you lemons. There's no question. So what does it look like for us? What are four main themes we can take throughout this journey to turn lemons into our lemonades? I started looking at some facts about lemons. These jokers are sour. That's fact number one. That's simple. You know that. Lemon is, is a word that's derived from, it's an Asian word derived from sour fruit. Most people, if you do, I'm just curious. Do you ever go to the grocery store to buy these to eat them just like you would an orange? Do you really? Most people don't. I knew there would probably be somebody that did. I should have known it would be you, Brother George, that you would eat lemons. I, I can eat the whole thing. I had a friend in high school that uh, we went sat down at Olive Garden one night and he just takes a slice of lemon, pops it in his mouth when he got done eating. What are you doing? I said, where's the peel? He said, it's gone. I said, what are you talking about it's gone? He said, man, that helps it not be so sour. He said, but it cleans your teeth. I said, are you serious? Popped it in my mouth and ate it. It's not that bad. I don't do it often, but it's not that bad. They're sour. It's not typically a garnishment that you want sitting on your plate just to eat like a, a side of green beans, right? I don't typically go for breakfast and grab a lemon and chomp down on it and start eating it. I just don't. They're sour. I feel bad for kids. I don't know that I've done it or not. 
The babies, when you're sitting down at a restaurant and you put a slice of lemon up at their mouth just to see what kind of sour face they can make, that's mean. You shouldn't do that. I'm sorry, buddy. But there's antibacterial traits to this lemon. One thing that I've learned, and you think something's gross, you got a sore throat, you got some nasty drainage. I should have done it this morning, but I was afraid it'd tear my stomach up. I'm just being real. Get you some apple cider vinegar, put it in a coffee mug, squeeze you some fresh honey in it, and take half a slice of lemon and squeeze it in that cup and put it in the microwave and heat it up. You drink it cold, you're a bigger man than I am. You heat it up, it's good stuff. And there's something about it that will clear your throat. It's, it's an antibacterial agent. In the lemon that God naturally put there, somehow I think it's the acid that eats through the bacteria. So I don't know what it's doing to your stomach. But it eats through that bacteria, kills the bacteria. It's got a cleansing property. Not only does it have a cleansing property, though, it has a preserving property. You take an apple and you cut it up and you let it sit, it's going to turn brown. You spritz it with a little bit of lemon juice mixed with, mixed with some water, it stays fresh, crisp, looking like it should. You go to McDonald's, you get a Happy Meal, and you get their apple slices. If you look at one of the main ingredients other than apples, it's citric acid. Because you can take the lemon juice and put on another fruit and preserve it. It's no good to most people just to pick up and eat. Yet it has its place, right? I want to give you three truths today about perseverance. The only way we make it through life's lemons is to persevere. Right? I'm going to not make lemonade today because I can't give you my secret recipe. Maybe by the end of this, you'll have it. I love the smell of lemon. Life throws some junk, right? And the very first thing that we have to understand in order to make it through the lemons is you've got to have perseverance. Because when life throws me my first lemon, and these are nasty. They feel like they got wax all of them or something. But when it first gets to my hand and I first get a taste of the problem, my first instinct is going to be get rid of the lemon. Realistically, I can't. It's been given to me. It's part of this process now for me. So the only thing I could do is turn around and walk away from the lemon. Right? My first instinct is to give up. It's a fight or flight mentality. I'm going to fly 99% of the time. I told you before, a while back, it's been a year ago now probably, Pastor Justin and I were at a men's fellowship across town, and this guy come up, and he was obviously influenced by uh, some drugs, and he was struggling, and he ended up in our face, and I honestly didn't know whether he was fixing to take me out. I was just was dependent on my brother to stand there, and I had just decided, Mitchell, you're fixing to take a punch, son. 
because I knew before I did anything, I'm sorry, I'm the cowboy country boy that I happened to have my weapon on my person, and I'm smart enough to know I wasn't going to let anybody know that until there was physical harm done to me. And so I had decided, you're fixing to take a punch, dude. I didn't want to take a punch. It would have been great to me to say, excuse me, guys, let me just slip right out your way. You stay right there and handle that business. When life gives you a lemon, you really don't get a choice. Either you give up and quit or you push through. Those are your options. And scripture never tells me to give up. If you found it, let me know. I would love, I, I'm, I'm serious, I'm not being sarcastic, really. If you have, let me know. Because everywhere I read in scripture, everything I see stays, says, tells me to stand firm and not be moved. It tells me to persevere. It tells me to push on. It tells me to keep going. The theme of the Bible is not give up. If it was give up, Jesus would have never gone to the cross. He'd have stayed in the garden and he'd have turned his back and walked off. We have to persevere. So the first thing you need to understand is when you persevere, you're not persevering alone. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. A cloud of witnesses. There are witnesses all around you in every situation, whether they be witnesses you see, like the people sitting beside you, or whether they be people that they be witnesses of the spiritual realm, the, the angels, the, the, people, the spirits that God has put around us to encompass us, to guide us and direct us. The Holy Spirit himself is right beside us through every circumstance, right? It should be enough. You need to know every person sitting on the pews of this room right now is dealing with a struggle. Why do we put on a happy face and come in and act like everything's okay so that we'll be the, the one person that looks like we got it all together? When we all do that, we all look like we got it all together and realistically, every one of us are falling apart. I'm an extremely private person. It was even put on paper the other day. I had to take an assessment, a personality assessment, and there were two major things that come out. One, I'm extremely serious. One, I'm extremely private. I don't want you to see my struggle. I don't want you to see my hurt. I sure don't want you to know I got a lemon in my hand. But God did not design you and I to walk through life trying to deal with our lemons on our own. I'm not going to tell you every gory detail because some of them you don't need to know. And some of you, the thorn in your flesh might cause you to go tell somebody that has no business knowing my business. That would be gossip. 
But I have to understand, like you have to understand, there is a cloud of witnesses around us. There is a room full of people surrounding us. There is a family right here. Hopefully you got a family at home, but if you don't, this one can be stronger than that one. You've got a family of people around you that if you'll plug in and you'll be open and honest and say, I'm struggling with this issue. We had a staff meeting Monday night, and we had two people really, I was one of them, really open up and say, this is my struggle. This is where I'm at this week. I need some help. You're not walking through your limit of life alone. There's people around you that want to walk through it with you. But Not only are there people, you've got the Father himself who cares. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and, and of good courage. Do not fear. Be afraid for them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So not only am I not alone in the people that are around me, if I just tap into those relationships and those resources, but if I can get to a place to understand that God Himself is on my side and He's not going to leave me or forsake me just because life's handed me a lemon. And then we get to a place where you have to understand not only are we not alone in our perseverance, but there is reward in our perseverance. Scripture gives reference after reference after reference of you persevere, this happens. You persevere, this happens. I only picked out two. Um, Hebrews chapter, uh, this is not correct. Uh, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they'll receive the crown of life God has promised him. That's James chapter 1 verse 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. When you persevere through the lemon, God blesses you. I'm sure it's easy to say, okay, God's going to bless me if I make it through. I understand. I'm going somewhere. Hang with me. You just need to understand the reality of the, the fact is the truth of Scripture says, if you persevere, you will be blessed. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 says, If we endure, we'll also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we persevere, sure. The, the writer's talking about if we persevere to the end and we make it to the end of life and we still maintain our relationship with Christ, we get to, to reign with the Father. Well, if you're going to reign with the Father, you're going to persevere to the end of life, you got to make it through the lemon first. I've been made right with God through my faith, and because of Christ Jesus, I get to share in God's glory. That's exciting. But he couldn't stop there. He said, life's going to give you some lemons. He's going to give you some junk. And the lemons are going to build you up. They're going to, to build endurance. And when you endure, you build character. When you build character, your hope of salvation is strengthened. You understand the real fact of the matter. That not only do you just get to punch your ticket into heaven, but there's a goodness and a grace that's beyond anything we could ever understand in the fact we get to reign with God because of our perseverance. You with me? I said all that just to get to this. The way we persevere through the lemons of life is by our perception. You persevere because of your perception. 
This is a lemon. It's sour. Does not go good with my cough drop. You don't want to take a bite and eat it. This is life. I can take this lemon for what it is on face value. It's sour. It's not my favorite fruit. Or I can understand that this lemon's got some properties to it that actually make a difference in my life. First of all, it can clean some stuff up. This lemon that life has given me, I can look at it as it's a sour fruit that I don't want that's just going to sit in my refrigerator and go bad, or I can understand it's going to clean some stuff up. Maybe, just maybe, you've got some stuff in life, I've got some stuff in life that this lemon has been put there strategically to clean up and out of my life so that I can move forward. Didn't say it was fun, but what do you, how, how do you look at the lemon? I've got some lemon oil that I rub down on the neck of my guitar when it gets good and dry. And the purpose of that lemon oil is to preserve the wood. It brings life back to that wood. It brings finish back to that wood. Maybe there's some things in life that, that God has, has allowed us to step into. I'm not saying he handed you the lemon. Maybe he did. But I do know that he had to have allowed it. Because everything that's orchestrated in my life has to go through him first. He went before me. Right? Before I walked up in here today, he had gone before me. He had walked through this passage of time. He knew what was going to take place. If there was going to be a lemon handed to me, it had to go through him first. Maybe that lemon had to be given to you so that you could be tested and tried and put through some things so that you can move into the next season of life with a new place of endurance. I told you weeks back that I had started going to the gym, and I've slacked. Don't talk junk about me. But what I noticed really, really quick was when I first went in, the first day we get on an elliptical, I could go like three minutes, and I was dead. By the end of the first week, by Friday, I got on that elliptical, and I could go a mile and a half. We were going 13, 14 minutes which still doesn't sound like much to you, but you get up in the morning and go with us, and I'll let you see. <laughs> I laid out for a week. When I showed back up that next Monday this past week, I got back on that elliptical. In five minutes, I was done. Had I not laid out the week, I don't know what I would be doing. If I had have persisted, and I had to kept going. My level of persistence moves each day that I'm in the gym. Right? 
What I can handle, how far I can go changes from day one to day two, from day two to day three, day three to day four. When I went that week and didn't show up, I went all the way back to the beginning. Maybe your lemon's supposed to bring you to a new place so that the next season, you don't have to start back at zero, but you can say, look, God's goodness is great. He's already brought me this far. He's brought me through this trial. He brought me through this sickness. He brought me through this financial struggle. He brought me through this heartache, through this loss, through this trouble. I can make it to the next one because I'm not who I was when I started. I'm at a new place. I'm actually preaching this this morning, whether you like it or not. Maybe your lemon is supposed to take you to a new place, and it's supposed to to preserve you. See, what has to happen for the juice to get into the lemonade is it's got to be squeezed. Your associate pastor said this morning, you know what I've thought about all week on this? In order to get anything out of the lemon, the lemon's got to go through a process. It's got to be juiced. It's going to look nothing like it did when it's over. That's nasty. There's not much life left in my lemon. Because when I take it, and I realize it wasn't meant to kill me, it wasn't meant to destroy me, maybe it was. But my Bible says what the enemy meant to kill you, what he meant to take from you, what he meant to use to destroy you, God's going to flip it around and use it for your good. Maybe it was meant to kill you. That lemon don't look nothing like it did when it was handed to me. Because I put it through a process, and now it's a part of my life. It's ingrained. You're not going to separate that lemon juice from life anymore. Right? Unless you're some crazy chemist that I don't know anything about, you're not going to come up here and take the lemon juice out of my life and get rid of it. It is a part of who I am. It's part of my DNA. It's been ingrained in me. My struggles are now part of me. Right? But I gotta persevere. The only word, the rest of this could have been an introduction. Because the only word that the Lord's put on me over and over and over all week is our perception. Me and my mother in law have preached this sermon five times this week. And she says, You see them lines running down the, the ceiling? Yeah, she said, the one over you straight, ain't it? Yeah. Look at mine. Is it straight? She said, it's at a diagonal. You're right. You look at it. You look over your head. You look at the line. Don't. I mean, there might be some imperfection in the tiles, but really, the line's straight over your head. Right? You look at the one over my head, and it looks like it's all out of whack. Right? And if I move to where you're at, Josh, let me move to yours. Oh, wait, your line's not crooked, it's straight. It's how we perceive it. Like a sister took a W because they're West and she drew it on a paper and she sat it across the table. She said, what is this? Well, to me, it's an M. She said, no, it's not a W. She said, no, it's an M. 
we're both right. Which side of the table are we looking at it from? This can be a life-sucking moment for you. This can be a moment that leaves you with the sourest face you've ever had. Or, change the way you look at your lemon. It's all in how you see it. Go play something soft for me. I don't usually look at the English language of words when I study. I look at the Greek and Hebrew and try to decipher what the Bible really says rather than what the people just translate and think it says. And I looked at perseverance. I looked at persevere. And I looked at perceive. The Latin root words that make up those two words, per, it's the first part of both those words, right? It means very or thoroughly. Severe, the latter half of persevere, means to grasp. I just told you that backwards. Refusing to stop. Severe is refusing to stop. So to make a word persevere, it means that you are thoroughly refusing to stop. That makes sense, right? Perceive is to grasp. I understand it's talking about you grab, you perceive something the way you see it, the way you get it, the way you grasp it. You really, really grasp what's going on. You're perceiving what I'm telling you. Hopefully, the Spirit has allowed you to grasp hold of that. And where I kind of got to in this thought process is, in order for you to persevere, sometimes you have to change what you're grasping. If you're hanging on the end of a rope, if your lemon literally means you're hanging for your life at the end of a rope, you can't hold on but just so long without adjusting your grip. Adjusting the way you're grasping that thing that you're holding on to. Right? If these windows were clear... I could stand on this side and look out. I could stand on that side and look in. It doesn't change the fact this is a window. Right? I can't change the fact this is a lemon. All I can change is what I do with it. All I can change is how I see it. I've got some hope that I'm not going to struggle with it by myself. I'm willing to let somebody come beside me and walk with me. I'm telling you, I reach out to people, not everybody, but I will reach out to one or two people more times than I can tell you because I just say, look, I'm falling apart. I need you to talk me off the ledge. I'm struggling. Help me. And if I have to do that, I'm no different than you. You need to do that sometimes. 
You need somebody to say, I'm right beside you. I'm with you. You're not walking through this alone. You know, I'm telling you, you got it in your head that God's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's gone before you. You need to let it sink into your heart. You need to view this lemon. You know what? I don't have a clue why I've been given this lemon. I have no idea whatsoever. But I'm not going to reject it. I'm not going to turn my back and walk away. I'm not going to tuck my tail and run. Although that's what I would want to do. I'm going to push through and I'm going to persevere. So here's what my prayer has been all week. I believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the, the courage and the boldness within you to push through. What I don't believe that we've had is the understanding to change our perception. And I believe that we need the Lord to give us another viewpoint of the lemon. He needs to give us another, how do, how do I see this, God? I'll slow down for a moment long enough to understand I've been given this lemon. There's nothing I can do about it. Life happens. I say that, I understand that's a huge statement, but that's, life happens. In my life, in your life, life happens. How do you see the situation? Maybe we need to move for a minute and reposition so that I can come over and look. You know, that line is straight. It's just the way that I see it. James said, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I've told you before, I don't see my troubles and my struggles as an opportunity for great joy. If you walk up and punch me in the face, I'm not going to see it as an opportunity for joy. You just hurt me. You disrespected me. You offended me. I don't see that. He said, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I can't let you walk up and punch me in the face standing right here and in that moment understand or have a clue what went through your head to make it happen. You give me two weeks time, I probably won't speak to you because that's the best thing. But you give me two weeks time and I'm going to do my very best to allow the Holy Spirit to put me on the other side. What made you punch me in the face? When I understand your heart and what made you just do that to me, my perception shifts. And I understand you're struggling with some really, really bad junk in your life. And your fight or flight mentality, the only thing you do need to do in that moment was punch me in the face because I was the one standing in front of you. Please don't come punch me in the face, but I'm just telling you. The way you view the situation changes everything. You cannot persevere in your life, in your marriage, and with your kids. I put this through my own filter this week. And Micah and I, I have been intentionally, I'm not going to talk about Micah because I'm done talking about Micah in my sermon. She don't like it. So, but I have intentionally, 
watch myself. And if I'll stop in those moments when I'm aggravated or I'm frustrated, and I hope she does the same thing because I know I aggravate her a whole lot more than she does me. But if I stop and I flip a minute and I say, what is making this take place? My perception shifts, then I no longer have to stand in defense, but I can step on the other side of the relationship and walk her through the situation she's going through. I cannot persevere without shifting my perception. You will not persevere through your lemons, through this life, without some perception. So my prayer today is that the Holy Spirit would give us vision and clarity and a new perception. Father, Lord, I thank you thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this word that's never changing. God, it stays the same forever. God, that I can depend on your word to carry me through life. I thank you that as I sit down and read scripture, Father, I'm not just reading black and white words on a page, but God, you're reading me, you're reading my heart, and you're allowing me to see new revelation and to see how to make it through this life. God, I want to thank you for the lemons of life of my past that you gave me, that you allowed me to be handed. God, the lemons that were meant to destroy me, the lemons that were meant to destroy my family, that were meant to destroy my ministry, Father, the lemons that were meant to destroy my relationship with you. I thank you for those. I thank you that they've been squeezed into my life. They've been ingrained into my life. They're a part of who I am, and they're a part of something sweeter. They're no longer identified as lemons in my life anymore. God, but they're a part of something that makes me better, something that makes me stronger. I thank you for my lemons. I thank you that we don't have to persevere alone, God, that we go with these people standing beside us, these people around us, God. We don't have to walk through life, life's journeys, life's struggles by ourselves. God, we walk through it as a team. We walk through it as a family. Lord, but not only having each other, but having you, knowing that you've never left us, you've never forsaken us, you're not going to start leaving us now. God, you've gone before us. You've gone into my tomorrow to know exactly what I'm going to walk into before I've ever walked into it. You knew we were getting handed this lemon before we were ever even born into this world. I thank you that we don't have to do it alone. I thank you for the reward that comes with perseverance. I thank you, God, that, that there's a great reward that comes, not only as we persevere through these trials and tribulations of life, but as we persevere on in the great cycle, understanding, God, that these trials, these situations, help us to grow our endurance. They grow our perseverance, Lord, and that, that in turn causes a growth in character and then allows us to see the hope of salvation even more. God, I thank you that we can persevere as we shift our perception. Things are never what they appear to be. We've heard that things are not always what they seem, God, but I would challenge that to say that things are never exactly what they appear to be. You've always got a moment. You've always got something inside of every situation for us to take, for us to be molded by, for us to grow in through this life. 
Holy Spirit, I'm asking today that you shift our perception. 